Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Love me that dum de dum folks. But if I'm saying that, it must be dum de dum So this is dum de dum the show with the reality lucky drama that is set on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the international hobo who is Royfield Brown. And today I'm joined by... And not at all ready to party, Jacqueline Berto in Sanguine. Yay! This week's dum de dum is from R. Marie Bray. And she sent me in another one on this week's episode. We are lucky enough to hear from... Pepe Mason, Julia, Claire Asprey, Panto Martin, Witherspoon, Glenn Fullerlup, and Dusty Substances. Plus, folks, do not forget. Towards the tail end of the show, we have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin, and we have our social media roundup from Sue. Whew. And we'll be welcoming our new members to our Facebook group. It's a fun packed. Well, I don't know about fun. Jacqueline, can we actually say it's going to be fun? Or is it just information packed? Caller in or packed? I think we've got so many caller in, it's just going to be uh, their their thoughts and our thoughts on their thoughts. Packed. Our thoughts on their thoughts. And then the listeners can listen and, and think and cogitate about our thoughts on their thoughts as well. And then possibly commit their thoughts about our thoughts on the listeners' thoughts to an email in next week. Perfect. It would work really, really well. We are the People's Cup podcast. Aren't we just? But for... Ooh, crumbs. That bit's in red. 
<laughs> first, let's look at the week in Hambridge from our soup, the Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Siri, Queen or Tart, with another week in Hambridge. Well, what really stood out this week for me is that Linda Snell, MBE, as she is listed in the cast list, to my great delight, holds a grudge for Britain. She could be a gold medalist at the Grudge Olympics, to be honest. Argyll seems to be saying all the right things and wanting to involve the village. So clearly, he's a wrong'un. Or he's working for a wrong'un. Who knows? Robert disagreed with Linda, not unreasonably, but Linda will not be swayed. What a cheek, asking her opinion. Usha is back to talk some sense to Chris, so it's bizarre. It's really bizarre when anybody in the Archers talks any level of sense. But what we get from that is he needs to communicate with Alice. And on Monday, it was all about communicating with Alice. He turned up early without asking to take Martha so she could go to his sister's. Oh, I was flipping furious. I shouted at the radio. That is not appropriate communication, you utter twonk. So Martha fell off the slide or got shoved off by Xander or something. I do wonder how she got to A&E. Did they have to wait several hours for an ambulance or did they just put her in the car? Anyway... Shouting at A&E, Chris, is not the answer. It just gets you a visit from social workers. You know who you should have been talking to all along? Why did they disappear? Oh, Steph. She cleaned Beth's kitchen for something to do and then wanted enormous praise, a bit like a small child who put their toys back in their toy box. I know I've said before that physical violence is not the answer, but I would be prepared to make a couple of exceptions. (laughs) And I also know I'm skipping ahead, but... I really have to say the party sounds vile. I hope David chucks the stripper off the premises. Imagine our lovely Jill having to chuck a flapjack at them and confetti willies will be turning up all over the farm for the next 10 years or so. But it all got a bit better when Ardil made a new friend. Kirsty, she has clearly sparked his interest. In the rewilding, obviously. I think I'd be a bit miffed if I was Kirsty, being compared to his granny. But she is raising the profile of the site and showing more visitors around, especially with their two separate trips. I would like to know what Neil has been doing to raise his obsession levels over Alice's drinking. There does not appear to be any evidence that she is, but he just wants to keep banging away at that drum. Chris says he's going to be honest with the social worker, so he should have been doing that from the beginning, lad. He's not even vaguely relaxed. He did have a bit of a blob, and the social worker had a biscuit. Neil shoved his oar in, saying Chris deserves the Father of the Year award, especially on his birthday. You should have had cake, not just biscuits, on your birthday. You know, I just want to remind us that if Chris hadn't said he wanted to make all the decisions about Martha, we would not be in this position now. And his whole life wouldn't depend on what Alice says to the social worker. He did say a lot of nice things about Alice. Thursday came along and Alice said a lot of nice things about Chris to the social worker. Reminds me why they get in divorce. And I really am not sure. Sam, the social worker, will not be bribed with biscuits. And I think what we can get from all of this is that Chris and Alice need to behave like adults and share the childcare, bring in the village to raise a child. And it sounds like Alice is prepared to do that. I just hope they continue to show this much sense, but past performance is not indicative of future results. Linda's retired, so I don't understand why she's running the fake committee. Oh, it makes my head hurt. Nobody knows a celebrity until one is found. There will be wringing of hands. Can somebody volunteer, please, and put us all out of their misery? Still, sounds like we're going to get a punch-up with the WI over the pizza van. Yay, some good drama. I want to be clear, I have never eaten so much pizza that I couldn't manage a bit of Victoria's sponge, so I think it'll all be fine. Let's see what next week brings. Proper made me chuckle, did that this week. Uh, what's the most important thing that you take away from last week? So I'll tell you the most important thing that I take away from last week's goings on. What biscuits do you need to have <laughs> to bribe a social worker? You know, how big do you go on the biscuit front? Now, you infamously. Mm-hmm don't like sweet things so you're gonna fail aren't you basically i am but 
but because my children who live in England don't mm. never know what to send us via Amazon uh, for Christmas things and stuff like that, we quite often get sh- um, Scottish shortbread or Harrods Scottish shortbread once uh, in a fancy box. So shortbread, it has to be really good, butter Scottish shortbread. So if your access to your kids is on the line, the social worker kicks off your front door, is literally ready to yank one of your kids away, you're going to say, stop, here's some Harrods shortbread. All right, then, now we've sorted out the most important thing. In Amber, as far as we're concerned this week, why don't we have some caller in Hello? Ambridge 3962. First off, it's one of our OGs. It's Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Um, And I was just wanting to reflect on Chris and Alice, like I'm sure many people this week. First of all, I'm pleased to hear Chris being able to open up about how he's feeling to someone like one on one outside of the kind of family and everything. Um, I think he's managed to get some grief out this week which is good and it was nice to hear them both give good account of each other um so i do predict that they will get back together at some point um and then and actually it might do them some good because it'll make them work through some of the like the difficult stuff and really talk about things so hopefully that'll be nice um but also i was really pleased to hear the return of normal sensible neil who literally turned on a dime within about 10 minutes um from the beginning of the week when he was still just i don't know poking making trouble stirring the pot asking um chris if he still had doubts about her drinking i'm just really not helping and uh, not the kind of behavior i expect from neil neil's got very uncharacteristic recently about all this and um and then when Chris said, oh, no, I said nice things about Alice, he immediately said, oh, well done, son. That's the right thing to do. You be true. I was like, yes, that's the Neil that I know and love. That's the Neil I can rely on to be sensible and diplomatic and cautious and try and work a good solution out. This vindictive Neil has not been very like popular with me, if I'm honest. So I'm hoping we've got sensible Neil back for good now. And we can just draw a line under the last couple of weeks with him just being difficult about um, Chris and Alex. I understand he's protective, but that's not quite the same. He went beyond that. So hooray, let's have Neil back and uh, let's see Chris and Alice together. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Right then, I know you love a little bit of Neil Carter. So I'm going to redraw myself from any comments over to you. Jacqueline Berto. Well, I completely and utterly agree with Claire. I, when I heard her call, I thought, yes, that's exactly how I feel about Neil. I've been very distressed by his reactions uh, recently. And um, then he did kind of start to soften up and go back to old Neil. But I think we've got another call about uh, that talks about Neil and the situation he's in and his changing character. So maybe we ought to listen to that before we really discuss it. Crumbs, look at you taking editorial decisions on the caller in the uh, Sorry. order. Let's go to Glyn Fuller's <laughs> call. Crumbs, <laughs> this is a first. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Uh, recording this on a Thursday evening, it's always a bit of a risk because you never know whether the Friday episode is going to uh, make your thoughts appear uh a little off-beam, but I want to talk about Neil. And it's clear that quite a few Archer's listeners think that Neil has had a personality transplant recently or he's uh, acting out of character in the way he's dealing with Chris. And I sort of, I'd like to pose the question, um, who amongst us hasn't had a friend or a relative who we think has acted unexpectedly or out of character in a situation uh, which has been causing them stress or is unusual for them. And Neil is in a position where his, uh, his job is uncertain, and that's related, or at least until recently, to the Aldridge family. And his family life is challenged, and that's also related to the Aldridge family. 
So I think he may well, in his own mind, be feeling besieged by the Aldridge family. And this uh, is driving um, his his attitude towards uh, Chris and uh, Alice and the divorce at the moment. And it may appear out of character, but it's, it is just how Neil is reacting to this situation. And perhaps we shouldn't be surprised. Anyway, uh, keep safe, everybody. Uh, have a great week. Thank you for the podcast and speak again soon. Right then. Can I say, uh, let, let's, let's do some rinse and repeat. Jacqueline Berto, you're a big fan of Neil Carter. I'm going to withdraw myself. So in the fullness of your vocabulary and with your eloquence, you can respond to not only Glyn, but also to Claire with their Neil Carter thoughts. Oh. Yeah, well, in fact, I'm with Claire with uh, thinking how Neil was working for the last few weeks. I was a bit irritated by the writing because he's not the only character who seems to have done a bit of a um, a character change. So I was distressed by him, and I did find by the end of this this week that I was actually liking him again a bit more because I do love Neil. He's always been the one that I, my comfort person, that I've really always liked, liked everything about him apart from his wife. Um, and <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Absolutely. She's irritating me, but in fact, she's very good as well. I like her. It's a little bit of jealousy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but what Glyn said made me stop and think. Yeah, he's right because nobody acts the same as they normally do when they're in a very stressful situation. And he has it coming at him from both sides. He's there trying to protect, hold on to his job, trying to protect Hannah and um, Jazza. So that's stressful. Then he's being, a, you said a few weeks ago, uh, you took me up on that because you said that he was being a protective daddy, uh, which mm. he is. And who, who wouldn't be? You're quite right. You know, you want to think the best of your for your own children. You want to help them as much as you can. So, yeah, so I, I agree with both of those calls, and I think that we will see a better side of Neil coming back again more and more in the future. But he's got to get over the shock of their um, being re- reconciled. At the end. By Friday, we knew we could see that they were being reconciled a bit towards each other and going to work together for Martha. So I think Neil will take a little bit of persuading let alone Brian, which could be a whole program about what Brian's reaction is going to be. But, uh, yeah, so I, I like both those calls. I agree with them both fully. I've always thought that Alice and Chris were never going to get divorced. Uh, when I was still doing the show, I, I, I said as much before last year. I said that they're going to work it out and so see that coming. This just reminds me of so many couples that embark on divorce and then the whole thing just takes on a momentum of of its own. It's like a runaway train. And there are many points when they've had the opportunity to pull things back. You realize that um, 90% of the reasons why you ended up with that person are still actually valid. And an incident might have happened. And it might have been really troublesome and hard for both to, to get over. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, it, that it's the end. But you, you mention the D word and you start solicitors talking. And then all of a sudden you can, it's literally impossible to claw that back because other people then have a vested interest in uh, your, your marriage dissolving. So I hope, you know, the old romantic in me who wants everyone just to live for ha- happily ever after and, you know, s- sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. I hope that they're going to be able to sort this out because it's a good lesson for all of us. Fundamentally, they're good people and they both love their daughter. So for the sake of their daughter, but also for the sake of the relationship which they've had, you know, let's hope they can have some kind of resolution, which and the resolution which we all know makes sense, which actually they're better actually together. The other thing I'd say about Neil, and yes, I did say it a couple of weeks ago, is that... Not only is Neil being a protective father, how many times did Chris say this week, he's just so stressed, he can't remember not being stressed, he's so depressed. As a parent, you are going to metaphorically and physically put your arms around your child to defend them from all comers. You just are. And especially when you know, at least you feel that your son 
in a very simplistic way, was the main caregiver whilst Alice was suffering from the ravages of, of her illness. Just viewed that way, you're going to go, grr, Aldridge's, you are the worst. And, and everybody can be pushed and, and displaying love and our protection for our loved ones. That's a situation which we are going to act in atypical ways. It is. And in fact, the only thing that slightly worried me, put me on edge a bit, is the fact that when uh, Alice talked with the the social worker, she mm. said, oh, yeah, he's a great dad. Uh, you know, he would die for her. And we've heard about his stress and how stressed he is. He works in a, in, at a job, but she's actually very dangerous. Mm. And I just suddenly had that thing flashing before my eyes that he was going to uh, be so stressed out that he's going to make a mistake at work and end up with a horse's hoof in his head so anyway i'll stop waffling <laughs> you know no that wasn't waffle because considering that we know in hindsight when an incident happens then we can go back through the entrails so to speak and yeah. we can see the little cues cues and clues which are put there i hope you're wrong with that but that's actually not a bad shout at all oh royfield i'm honored well i hope it doesn't happen as well you know it's the last thing in the world we want for poor martha especially so are we done with, with Neil Carter? Any of the other caller in or mention him? You want to disrupt my editorial flow, make an executive decision all the way from France? You know, <laughs> you know what? No. This is the reason why we had Brexit. So that oh, don't talk about Brexit. Europe, <sighs> you people in Europe are not telling us people in Britain what to do. I'll but tell anyway. you what, Brexit has upset my postman this week because I've ordered really? I ordered something from a fabulous fabric company, an enormous amount of fabric for some dresses I'm making for a wedding in September. Mm-hmm. And the postman rang very apologetically and said, I can't give this parcel till you pay me 32 euros in ink tax. I'll tell you what. All I could think was, oh, fuck me, fuck Brexit. <laughs> You'll have to bleep that <laughs> or cut it completely. I was, I was, he was very distressed because he brings me a lot of parcels of fabric and mm. things. This is the first time it's something's ever happened like that. So I've been very lucky so far, but it was very distressing. I, I tell you what, Jacqueline, if you ever meet my mum, I'll allow you to shake your fist. <laughs> in a direction asking for for 32 euros yeah. <laughs> don't worry i'm seeing my parents in september i'm going to be demanding more than 32 euros from them <laughs> yeah, these old people what can we do with them <laughs> i know i know well listen i don't know whether julia voted to remain or to leave but what i do know is that she's coming up next Hi Team Dumpty Dum, this is Julia calling from Manchester. Just a quick one from me. I guess I'm what you would call a slightly younger listener to the Archers, depending on the demographic. I'm 28 and I've been listening for 10 years. And I just wanted to quickly talk about Steph and Beth, because they feel to me as a sort of stereotypical, sort of hyper, I don't even know the word, sort of hyper stereotypical, basically, characters of what I think the media would perceive as young people. And I just think if you want to attract a younger demographic to the arches, if you want people to keep on listening for years and years to come, we need some characters that aren't just what people perceive Gen Z and millennials to be in the media, like with Rory being a sugar baby and all of this. It just it just feels so stereotypical and I wish we had more well-rounded millennial and Gen Z characters. Obviously, this is a blanket statement and we do see some slight exceptions to the rules, but I would really love to see um, a well-rounded, sensible, I guess, younger character on the Archers. Exception to the rule, I guess, would probably be like Phoebe or someone. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on it and um, why you think the scriptwriters seem to go for this. I hope this isn't too controversial opinion and I hope you had a lovely week. Loving the podcast as usual. See you later. Well, I had an awesome week. I don't know about you, uh, Mrs. Berto, but mine was tip top. Jolly good. Mine was absolutely the worst week I've had for over a year. Oh dear. Yeah, know. You know, this, you know <laughs> one of the reasons, one of the MOs of this podcast is to uplift people's spirits. I know. So- I'm really sorry. I'm no, really no, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you can't tell us <laughs> about your bad week, mm. but um, 
Is there anything positive? Is there a, was there a silver lining to your week? So you can tell us about it. Yeah. But there, maybe there's some philosophical upside. Okay. Tell yeah, us okay. about your week. So on Friday morning, I was walking the dogs, listening to Thursday Night's Archers, and I had a message to say that our mayor had died in the night. Oh, no. I know. And he was an amazing Breton musician with a big, big personality who led us all by the nose. We're devastated. And I'd only been to see him on Wednesday evening and spent half an hour with him. He was very morphined and very poorly had cancer. Just under a year ago, he was elected and he was in very good health. So so that's been a very sad thing. And so, you know, that, that's take put a downer on my week. But... Yesterday evening, we have little chapels around and you have what's called a pardon. So it's a, um, uh, a little, uh, ceremony with a priest who blesses everybody, throws water at them. And then there's all a lot of singing and it's all like a little mass. Do we call it a mass? Mess or a mass in English? I don't know. Mass. So I went with my daughter and her boyfriend and it's out in the, a chapel that's in the middle of a plowed field, basically. Well, it's not plowed field. It's a full, of ripening corn, uh, ripening wheat. And hmm. we had, we cycled there in through the evening sunshine. And you know, despite the fact that I felt like crap because of Hervé dying, it was just beautiful. So there you go. So there are bad things and good things. You have to find the silver linings, don't you? You do. You do indeed. You <laughs> do indeed. You can cut all that out. <laughs> No, 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 no. But but you know the other thing to say about your mayor that passed on. It's a testament to his life, the effect it actually had on everybody, and somebody who has taken on such civic responsibility and tried to battle through what whilst they were ill. So it says a lot about him, and 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 a lot about his vision and, and his good works. And he said, you know, he led everybody by the, by the nose. I know he's going to say a Gallic nose, but obviously he was uh, quite the character. And he really is somebody I could only admire because he had a vision, a vision that was so crazy sometimes, but he wanted to see everything through. This is a bit what the amazing thing about his illness has been. He's been dying very quickly of cancer and he invited the whole member of his majority group uh, all of us with our partners to his house for uh, a meal. And, um, he was in his wheelchair and spoke for about five minutes and said to him, don't you lot damn well forget you're going to move this forward. We're going to get this done. Do it in my vision. God, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And God, do you know, it's been so emotional and he's somebody's made his mark. So, you know, I have to acknowledge that it's just been a fantastic person to have known. I'm so grateful to have known him. Wow. What, what a tribute. Thank you for that. Thank you. Julius um, mentioned young folk. Indeed. I, I think this is representation depictions of different types of people you only get true authenticity when in the writer's room uh there are people who have lived that experience or are, are living that experience just before we started recording this i was noodling on youtube as you do and i saw this uh, YouTube video on The Simpsons, and I, I don't really watch The Simpsons, but it says 10 Simpson characters who have left and will, will probably never return. Number one was Apu. I don't know if you know The Simpsons at all, but but Apu is the um, Indian or let's say South Asian um, shopkeeper. And one of the reasons why Apu is probably not going to come back is because he's actually voiced by a white actor. And about four years ago, um, I forget the name of the um, a, um, South Asian American actor, but he wrote a book basically saying it's wrong and how the the depiction of Apu is stereotypical. So they basically kind of really stopped having Apu on the show because it obviously hit home w with the writers. And I think it, it, it's hard for, let's say, an established writer's team um, who are, let's say, well, Kerry Davis is going to be in his mid to slightly late 50s now. Um, and I'm guessing they're all in their maybe late 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe 60s. To truly be authentic when it comes to writing 
um, the experience of an 18, 19, 20 year old. But, you know, they were that age once. And I, and I think it's, I think it's actually a, a fair point because that the Julie makes, because we do know that one of the tasks of writers of the, um, of the archers is always to introduce the show to the next generation because otherwise all the listeners would quite simply die off so you've got to have younger actors they've got to have some level of resonance with the listeners uh, but also they've got to be able to pull it pull in new younger listeners haven't they they do um i mean we often have heard from when people started listening how many times do we have caller-inners that say that they started listening when they were at university? And it's those people that uh, we should be hoping to draw in. And I don't think the Steffs are necessarily going to do that. But this is a phenomenon that didn't exist when we were young. So when I was young, maybe not even when you were young, an influencer type of uh, persons. But I agree with you entirely that uh, they've got to get down there with it with the young people and yeah, you know, it's a perpetual issue. And it's an issue which the BBC are really conscious of. If you think of BBC Radio 1 and BBC Radio 2, periodically they get rid of the old DJs on BBC Radio 1 because they say they're not for the correct demographic. They're, they're, they've aged too much. And they and the playlist changes. And then, and then those DJs literally uh, then graduate on some of them graduate on onto Radio Two. I, I remember listening to Radio Two a, a, as a kid, and there was Val Dunican on it, and it was dreadful, right? And I've I've always been anti Radio Two because of my childhood prejudice. The other day, there was some fat boy Slim on the radio, and there was something else. I said, what station is this? It was Radio Two? Like, oh, like. I have that demographic. I've I've aged into it and they've snared me. And I'm like, what? They can play Fat Boy Slim on Radio 2. For me, it's still Val Dunican, but there you go. I quite like Saturday morning with Tony Blackburn now on, on Radio 2. <laughs> Sound of the 60s. That's me in my shower singing. Doing a bit of an Adil singing like, in the shower. Was, yeah, but I was just thinking, you might be able to use that as a link onto the next call. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Oh, segue, at you. segue. My so, God, I'm going to it, aren't I? <laughs> uh, you have. Look at you. Are you similarly blessed as Adil? Because, um, <laughs> you know. Because, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where your mucky mind's gone with this. What I meant was he's got good pipes he can really sing yeah it does sound like it doesn't it and it sounds like he could win linda round with that uh singing if uh he she gives him a chance but we'll have to wait and see everybody else sings it. if robert says he sings well he does absolutely i do absolutely. not absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but i like singing but i'm not any good at it <laughs> oh just before we go julia what we need you to do is when you spot any more inconsistencies in the next few weeks you need to call in again right and also when you call in again tell us how and why you got into the archers 10 years ago because I'd, I'd love to know anyway so that's that that's julia and all of that malarkey now it's pepe hello this is pepe in southwest france i live in a small village which has uh, many characteristics like the archer and we enjoy our little support for each other and also sometimes little differences I wanted to uh, call in to say a petit uh, prediction for perhaps uh, the ideal coming good with Linda obtaining a star for the village fete, uh, thinking that he might produce a billionaire from Dragon's Den or one of the Barclay brothers perhaps he represents and uh, the starring in the recent court cases. Or maybe a politician from uh, his connections with an Asian community like Rishi Sonak or Priti Patel. Maybe even he knows somebody like Boris Johnson. And we can have uh, the controversy of a, a politician appearing at a village fete and the division around the point of view. No, too much to hope. Uh, I hope 
uh, you have a good time over there in England over the summer and goodbye. Uh, bonjour, uh, Pepe. Nice to hear from a fellow Brit living in France. Mm-hmm. So what do you reckon to the meat and potatoes, what Pepe had to say? Adil, Linda, they'll work it out in the end. I don't quite understand. She's not impressing me at the moment, and I don't understand why she's so invested in him being a bad man. So there we go. Mm. Which must be incredibly uncomfortable. Not only does she not like him, but he's in her house. Like, poor Adil. Right, you know. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this woman is being totally irrational. He didn't buy the place. He is just kind of doing his job. And as as Adam said this week, you know, the place has been losing lots of money. So, Yeah, yeah uh, but who's bought it? Who's the 60% owner? Why do we know? Why doesn't anybody ask him out loud when he's wittering on about stuff? Ugh. The, the, there's I got want to, it to be Matt. There has to be a big reveal, doesn't there? If it yeah, is but, that, wouldn't mm, that be fantastic? It uh, would be fantastic. And just see that Hello Pussycat coming in. All uh, right, but, tiger. Yeah. yeah, our tiger, yeah. But mm. um, they have a tendency to do this to us. Big reveal, big reveal, big something's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then it's a bit of a damp squid. Uh, squid, you know, squib. Squib. Uh, but you know what? You You are correct because when the Aldridge's left – and you know they didn't they rip out the kitchen and the jennifer's yeah. kitchen so we're like who <gasps> is moving in nobody yeah. nobody was no. the answer they yeah. had a party and that was it yes exactly <laughs> exactly who is the 60 percent owner then if you're just the manager are we 100 percent sure that he's never been asked in my head, I could be completely nutty wrong here. It's one of those moments you need Cosmo. I think he has been asked, but he said he wasn't at liberty to say. But I could be wrong. I really could be wrong. Yeah, but when did he mean asked once? I must stop anybody in a village from asking him every <laughs> other day. <laughs> On the script, he says two calls in. So let's scratch down and put three calls in. Uh, the <laughs> best and easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumb T dumb. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you'll also find a link there in our show notes as well. Don't forget, we need your calls in by 6 p.m. on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, if you could help us out, that'd be awesome. Three things. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe on whatever podcast you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, that'd be most awesome. And then if you could uh, nip over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review, just give us a review. Hit, hit, just be honest. Be honest. Be hugely appreciated. Though five stars would be most awesome. And the last and final thing you could do is consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels of different rewards. If you'd like to throw a little bit of your hard-earned money, and we know things, uh, times are hard at the moment, so we really do appreciate it, go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for Dumpty Dum. It does mean that when we restart uh, the Friday Zooms, you will get a ringside seat for those because you are part of our inner sanctum, so to speak. Uh, before we go back to our calls, don't forget, you can also send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by simply going on to dumdydum.com and hitting contact us. But now let's go back to the calls. This person who's coming up next is most definitely not a first time caller in a row. I'm guessing it's his fourth or fifth time. It's Panto Martin. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Panto Martin here again from Sheffield. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. So, another week goes by. It was really great to hear Neil go back to being decent again, and to hear that Chris and Alice have some respect for each other. However, Chris and Amy being brought up again, how well suited as they both are. They're pretty boring. In fact, you said it yourself, Chris, and nobody will argue with you. If I cast you in a panto, you would be the back end of a horse. Beth and Steph are an interesting pair. Some of it explains Beth's strong views on fidelity, but one wonders if they would be that different. Poor old Ben, stuck in the middle of it all. What do you say about someone's sister when you're in a new relationship? Oh, and then we have Ardil and Kirsty. They look to be heading for a relationship of some sort. 
She does have a tendency for going for the villains, so who knows where it would lead. But still no joy, though. Please bring her back. Please get Lee to dig her up from the patio. That's all from me. Have a week that is as fabulous as you are, everyone. Ah, Madame Berto. Panto Martin had some astute observations. Where do you sit with them? I agree. Ben and uh, Steph and... Ben, Steph and... hmm. Beth. Beth. Oh, yes, Ben, Steph and Beth. I know, it's the Uh, whole Beth and Steph thing. Yeah, it gets me confused every time. Plus, best the dog. Um, well, I agree. It's a very funny relationship. It's uh, been stuck in the middle. In fact, I think going back to Julie's, uh, Julia's call earlier on, um, Ben is a good young person because he's trying out for a career in nursing and um, he seems quite stable. So he's a good characterization of him. But um, yeah, Ben, Stefan and Beth obviously have history as sisters. So you get to that age and you do have history as sisters. Beth is looking out for Steph and she's worrying about Steph. So, nice sister. Mm, 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 Absolutely, absolutely. And and she's worrying about her with reason because your marriage lasted how long? 15 minutes, right? And then she totally lies about the reason why the whole marriage fell apart. And then the next minute, she's having a massive rave up. Yeah, that is weird. I can't get get that (laughs) at all. I'm yeah. with David, but I think Ruth's looking forward to that party myself. I think Ruth is just counting the money, really. Ruth is just saying, we've got a booking. Let's just take the money. The whole thing's crazy. I said it a few weeks ago. I don't understand it. I don't really be- believe that the whole thing, but I appreciate I'm now getting slightly long in the tooth. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm 53 and I listen to Radio 2 accidentally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So- <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I, f- I, feel, I feel like we ought to get another presenter on here that's about half our age, or at least half my age. <laughs> that's what we should do, bring in a younger person every so often to set us straight on how what is all about influencing. Absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast, then what are we going to say, under 30? We're yeah, go definitely. Year. Right, if you're under 30. So you've got to be over 18, over 18, but under 30. There is a podcasting host seat available for you please email us and let us know uh, that you qualify as being a younger person and you can talk to us about influencers and what else are or young not. people into i bet maybe a lot of people young people don't know anything know anything about influencers maybe it's all made up true. in kerry davis's mind true true <laughs> or some other writer's mind sorry put us straight if you are between the ages of 18 and 30 uh come on to the show and uh, tell us, old fogies, what's going on. Uh, but thank you for that, Panto. Did Panto Martin mention anything else? I can't remember. Yeah, he did. He mentioned oh, Ardil and, Ke- and Kirsty, and it's very sweet. The one thing I'll say about Adil and Kirsty, on paper, decent match, but it seems to me that whenever there's a stray bloke in the village, they end up with Kirsty. And, and my Kirsty deserves a little bit, more than just any old random bloke who just happens to wander into the village. Now, that's why she ended up with with the last wrong one, basically. Now, yeah, she and he's des- going to be turn out to be an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Bound to. She has no luck with men. She doesn't, does she? she no, absolutely poor Kirsty. Oh, God, so sorry for her. I feel yeah. I feel pity for Kirsty, but he, I quite like Ardil. You see, he quite. I I find him quite. Do uh, you though? Please, please. Isn't he, well, isn't he just a bit bland? Yeah, maybe he's a bit wooden in his presentation, as in, well, in his acting. Which I hate to criticise the actors. Oh dear. <laughs> I, I, what I would say, he has a slightly peculiar way of speaking, but I'll personally say no more on it than that. And and I just think, if you've been through half the things that Kirsty has been through, you would not be in Ambridge. You wouldn't even go within a 100-mile radius of the village. But yeah, anyway... I don't understand why she's still there, personally. Yeah, but makes <laughs> utterly no sense. But anyway, I'll tell you who does make sense, Dusty Substances. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Apologies if you hear any banging in the background, but I've got the builders in. Oh, that sounds bad. Um, they're doing the pointing. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Um we had the revelation that Natasha's 
twins are going to be one of each. And I think this is a real cop-out because I've been having a think about um, the uh, boy-girl ratios of the offspring in Ambridge. Uh, Helen has two boys. Brian and Jennifer had girls, but then Rory was there. Uh, Shula had a boy. Kenton managed to have only a girl, but she's in New Zealand. Elizabeth had one of each, but Freddie was born first with all the primogenitor issues. Um, David, more boys than girls. And yet we're going to have one of each, which I think is... Um, a little bit dull. What I would really have liked was for them to have twin girls um, and no more children at all, really, um, so that we don't have this thing about, you know, boys inheriting and girls not and all of that. Uh, so um, I'm not quite sure what point I've made there, except why is it always a boy, at least one boy? Um, the other question I have is, has anyone seen Panto Martin and Anon of Ambridge in the same room? Um it's just a thought. Anyway, that's me. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else to say. I will go back to uh, hearing the builders making a lot of noise and I'll speak to you all soon. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Dusty Substances. Uh, what do you reckon, Jacqueline? Yeah, I can see one of each. It had to be one of each, but um, why? It's because well, got... I just don't know because it's irritating, isn't it? But we've already just got two pairs of twins in the village, and yeah. they're always one of each. Kenton, <laughs> Shula, then uh, we've Lily got and Freddie. Yeah, uh, down there in Lower and uh, Lower mm-hmm. Loxley. It's just you know, come on. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't understand why they've done this actually, because you'd think that have uh, um, gone for two boys or two girls rather than the mixed bunch. But hey ho. But I know there was some level of chatter about this on on the socials. But statistically speaking, what are the chances in a village of, I don't know what the population is of Ambridge, in a, in a small village, what is, it, what is the statistical probability of having three sets of twins who are, wait a minute, but they're all related, but are they related yeah, to the females? Yeah, maybe there's... I think that, 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 uh-huh. I can never remember what it is about twins, whether it's three through the female side. No, it's, or, it's through the uh, female side. Right. Well, we might Peggy, be wrong about this. Wait a minute. No, then no, it wouldn't work if they're all through the female side because Kenton and Shula are not related through the they're related through the paternal side to the others. Yeah, to Tony. To Tony, exactly. Yeah. So the paternal. And, and of course, um, David's um, mother had twins and David's uh, sister had twins. So that's the Brookfield side of it. So So, there's some relationship there. That is through the, yeah, through through female inheritance. But anyway, but still, uh, anyway, whatever. I think it's a very high proportion uh, for a small village. I mean, we're 300 and something, 79 here, and we don't have one set of twins. So not one Mm. in the last three generations. So, uh, you know, I I don't know with it. But then maybe, as a uh, nine-year-old boy said to me when I announced I was having a baby, and he looked at his mum and said, that means Jacqueline's had sex three times because it's her third baby. <laughs> With disgust, in truth, it was a small child. A small child that I was, I was t- uh, tutoring, and his mum came to pick him up, and she said, "Are oh, you looking very pale?" I said, "I'm actually being very sick. I'm feeling morning sickness." And she said, "And he said, I said, oh, I'm going to have another baby, uh, Alexander." And he went, "Oh, mum, Jacqueline's had sex three times." There you go. So maybe nobody has sex in uh, Sanguine, but they do in Ambridge. <laughs> Twice in one night. It's the only way. Like cats. <laughs> oh. Right, move on. <laughs> wow, you've only had sex three times, ever. Wow. <laughs> uh, funny though, because I've now got four children. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, uh, last call, Lunara. It's up with a spoon. Lovely. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings from upstate New York, where you feel Jacqueline and all dumpty dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing everyone a happy pride. Trigger warning. There will be three movie references in this caller in. It's been a tough 24 hours since the announcement of the Supreme Court's no surprise decision regarding abortion rights. I was reminded of times past, such as when Vera Drake was offering cups of tea to her patients, which leads to Chris offering Alice a cup of tea on Friday during their surprise rapprochement. Last Monday, I was still yelling at Chris. He showed up early to pick up Martha to bring her over to his sister to babysit when he easily could have asked Alice if she wanted to keep Martha for the evening, because that's what mature exes do who share custody. Seemingly, Chris had also not heeded Usha's good advice to have an actual conversation with Alice about custody. But that's what happens when formerly loving couples go to war with each other, thinking of Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner in War of the Roses. They fought over a house, but sometimes it felt like Chris especially was viewing Martha as property. Then Martha takes a tumble, and I'm reminded of 1979's Kramer vs. Kramer with a young Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman when the son of this estranged couple falls off the jungle gym in the park. Actually, I think the scriptwriters borrowed liberally from that film. A difficult courtroom battle over custody did unfortunately engulf the Kramers. Luckily for us, the listeners of The Archers and for Martha, Chris and Alice shared their cup of tea, managed a 180-degree turn, and worked out a custody agreement, and there appeared optimism in their working out a division of financial assets. So let's see if Brian and Neil can come to a peaceful place now that their kids have. Talk to you soon. Quality is always. Quality is always. Absolutely. I didn't get the three film rest references. I got the War of the Rose and Kramer versus uh, Kramer. Was it who's Vera Drake? So Vera Drake was a, a film in the early noughts with Amelda Staunton. Oh, there you are. I was living on a boat then. Didn't have any films. So there you go. <laughs> That's why I've got a gap in my history. <laughs> Fair, fair enough. But but I think it's a really astute observation to look at the parallels between Kramer versus Kramer, which is the first time I can remember going to the cinema, actually, with mum and dad to see that. Um, and I remember one of the uh, recurring motifs throughout the film to show how the Dustin Hoffman character is getting better at being able to look after his son when he has him is his son wants eggy bread. And uh, yeah. Dustin Hoffman doesn't know how to make it at all at the start. The kids are sort of, what, what is this? Then by the, by the end, he just can just do it literally in his sleep. And it's like this choreographed thing when he's making this kind of eggy bread. And I just remember my mum crying her eyes out and my dad laughing. And just the oh. cinema was just full of women crying. It's, just, it's a wonderful film, wonderful film. Absolutely. And and I agree uh, with with the screen completely that I think a lot of that whole scene came straight out of Kramer versus Kramer, yeah. that whole thing on Monday's episode. Yeah, I, Kramer versus Kramer is a, definitely a tearful, cr- cryy film for me as well. Mm. I'm with Mrs. Brown. 
and the other women in in the talky cinema are all crying <laughs> their eyes out as well. <laughs> now we go from our caller in us to our emailer in us. Have you had any emails this week, Whitefield? Technically, no, uh, but I'm going to say yes. Uh, we actually got one on WhatsApp. A caller in her or a messenger in her um, remembered uh, the number, the WhatsApp number, and sent us a message. And this is the message. Hi, dum dum Occasional caller in her here. In answer to the question on the latest episode, one of the monologues was set in Hungary, and that's from Matthew Horsepool. Uh, yeah. Yes, I had completely forgotten about that. So the Archers has been to Hungary. Oh, well done, Matthew, for reminding us of that, because as you can probably tell by now, we're not very, very good on facts, are we, Royfield? No, just keep yourself. <laughs> no, right, we're, not. We're, we're not. We're not. We're, we're not. We're not. You can definitely speak for the pair of us in that regard. And also thank you to Cosmo and, and others on uh, on the Twitters that also put us straight and also reminded us another instance where Brian and Jenny uh, went along with Matt, not Matt, sorry, Caroline Oliver. and uh, Oliver. Thank you. And they also uh, went to Hungary as well. So uh, we have had action outside of Borsitzer all the way in Budapest. Indeed. All right. So so that was our one electronic message. So, but don't forget, if you don't like the sound of your own voice, quite simply go on to dumdum.com, hit contact us, you can send us an email that way. Why don't we now uh, go and see what our Facebook group has been talking about? It's time for our Sue, Queen or Tart. It's a social media roundup. Hello lovely people, Sue here, Queen Otta on the Twitters and for the socials for this week. So let's start off with Chris and Alice. Starting with Sheila English, Alice is going to say equally complimentary things about Chris, isn't she? Then the social worker will bang their heads together and everyone will live happily ever after. She, Bonnie McLean and I are obviously all in the same camp. Bonnie says the reconciliation is obviously in the works after Chris puts on the weeps. Whereas Andrea Turnbull said, pass me a bucket, I feel sick. Natasha Cern chipped in with congratulations to Usha, the most grown-up person in Ambridge. My word, what depths we have sunk to. Witherspoon said, well, it seemed like Usha's advice went in one ear of Chris, through his empty head and straight out the other. Here's a clot. So it could all end in tears, or reconciliation, or something. Mm. Beginning to not care. Bailey Whelan said, Tonight's episode is to remind me of Bertolt Brecht's Caucasian chalk circle. Very cultured and well put. I have fond memories of doing the lighting for Caucasian chalk circle, and it didn't end well. At a complete tangent, Phil Ratcliffe asked about secateurs. To gather sweet peas, that's a tad heavy-handed, isn't it? Andrew Helis recommends a chainsaw. And Rob Williams says, only if you don't have any gelignite. Catherine Chevalier said, I thought that. Kitchen scissors. Nail scissors would probably do the job. Anyway, you pick your tool, don't you? Carolyn writes, Saturday in Ambridge this week is fantastic. Rosie, Martha and Xander appear to be wandering a nefarious route into gang warfare and extortion. I love these on a Saturday. If you haven't read it, take a look in the Facebook group. Darcy Jorgensen inquired, so will they or won't they? Hazel Morris said, I hope they will. We listeners need a break. I haven't got over Nigel yet. Not sure who you're talking about. Really? Lizzie and what's-his-face? Mince? Sarah Spilsbury said, which they? Kirsty and Adam. Why not? After all, he's a mover and a shaker. Chris and Alice? Oh, please no. Friday's episode, near sick-making. Sweet. Mm. Linda and Adam? Ultimately, I think, Yes. Adam will know the ultimate owner of Grey Gables, who will be a well-known business person or some other famous celeb. And whilst Linda will be initially characteristically sniffy about them, and Adil being the link, of course, and possibly thinking they may be a lowbrow choice, the event will go really well and she'll reluctantly admit a grudging respect for his helping the fate go on. We'll see. Ray Milner said, I do hope not. My distrust of Adil is clear... But for argument's sake, let us assume I'm wrong and he's on the level. 
is still a slick smoothie, used to high income level, modern comforts and high expectation, not Kirsty's style at all. And Margaret Clute said, true. And look what happened. And Margaret Clute said, well, Phil wasn't her style either. And Ray said, true. And look what happened. And why is it deemed compulsory to marry her off anyway? I say, leave our coastie alone. I'm certain Royfield will mention voting for the Dumpty Dum. I'm certain Royfield will mention voting for Dumpty Dum in the Brit Pod Awards Listener's Choice Award. The link you need is in the Facebook group for it. And there is also a link to a lovely article our Stephen Bowden found with lots of soap actors who have been in forever giving their two pennyworth. Our docudrama was represented by Brian Aldridge, Charles Collingsworth. It's a delightful read. So come on over to the Facebook page and join us. Whether you've been listening for a week or 40 years, you'll be very welcome. I hope you all have a lovely week and stay safe and well. Thank you for that, Sue. As always, um, insightful and detailed and uh, thought-provoking. Those are goings on on our Facebook group. And uh, you know what? We've asked you for uh, reviews and none of you good people out there, I was going to use another uh, word, uh, none of you good people out there have just seen fit, shall we say, uh, to write a review. But I know they're all going to flood in uh, next week. Or else. Now, uh, one thing you can do for us, though, in lieu of writing a review which you can then read out, uh, is vote for us on the Brit Pod Awards Listener Choice Award. Crumbs, that's a mouthful. Mm. So it's the Brit Pod Awards, and it's the comma, Listener's Choice Award. Now it makes sense. So to vote for us, please go to britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. So it's britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. Go and vote for your favourite podcast. And, and if that's us, we'd be uh, most pleased. Now, we'd like to m- welcome new Facebook members this week. We do this every week. So this week we had... Andrea Turnbull. Catherine Humphreys. Steve Clark. Kate Spicer. Jerry McElroy. And Linda Pants, with a double T on the pants. Awesome name, mm. Linda. We're also on Twitter under at DumTDum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet-along. Also try and include at DumTDum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps keep our community growing. As well as at DumTDum. Jacqueline is on Twitter. Uh, where can you be found on the said Twitters? I'm at Jberto Saint Gwen, S T G U N. Smashing. So if we're talking about Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. With thanks for our own 13 minute man, Quentin Rayner. And Archers fan 2015 Bernadette Hawks for their plugs of notable tweets. My nomination for must-see Twitter feed this week goes to the Ambridge Plot Bot, which combines scenarios, places and characters with phrases to generate random tweets. At Ambridge Bot. This week it came up with Annabelle inexplicably drops in on Phoebe at Les Sœurs Herreurs. Next to my medal winners. In bronze position, it's Little Kim at Little Kim. L-I-D-L-K-I-M. I can suggest a walk for Ardil. Walk to Brookfield, find the slurry pit, throw yourself in. In silver, it's old friend Ian Kernow at Kernow27. About uh, Chris and Alice. Are these two allowed an oops, what have we done, sympathy bunk up when Martha is asleep, obviously? And in gold, <laughs> in response to a question from Ambridge Pony Club about the noises noises off when Linda was meeting Kirsty and were they in a cow barn? Ballon's cat man at such sis said, a cattle barn with a coffee machine is necessary just in case one of the cattle... Needs a cappuccino. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> That's it for my tweets of the week. See you all at the next tweet along. 
How do people do it every time? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that purple pumpkin. And thank you for everybody um, who gave her assistance in spotting great tweets. Don't forget, we're also on Instagram. I believe that's the young people quite like Instagram. You know, the young people who want to help us out doing the podcast. Well, I like Instagram as well. So there you are. I'm down with the young ones. Are you allowed to be like on Instagram? I am allowed to be on Instagram. I stalk my children. (laughs) I I thought there was a cut-off age. Oh, you cheeky devil. (laughs) Well, if if there is, and there probably is, I haven't been found out yet. I must sound younger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) On Instagram, we are at dumdydum, so follow us there. And thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman, and also to Philippa and Quinton. I'm sorry to hear that Philippa's gone down with the dreaded uh, um, COVID and we wish you well. We absolutely do. There you go, folks. That's been your dumpty dum this week. Uh, I don't know where 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 you'll be in seven days' time, uh, but uh, I'll I'll be doing dumpty dum. Where will you be in seven days' time? Me, Jacqueline. Yeah, I'll be sitting on the same chair, same books. You as you change uh, environment every week, so I've got the same books, the same chair, the same everything <laughs> here. Let's hope the internet connects is slightly better this week. But we have thunderstorms here, and that always makes it a bit dodgy. Guess what? For the first time ever, a Dumby Dum will be recorded from Austria next week. Just oh, saying. how Just wonderful. Saying. Going to Vienna well, for the first time. Never been before. Oh, uh, well, it's very Eastern European. You'd be surprised how Eastern European it feels. Ah. I just hope your internet connection's good. Well, let, let's hope that the, it's up to snuff in the hotel. Right, that's it. I'm signing off because I've got a dum-de-dum to edit. Jacques have indeed. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, Monsieur Brown. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.